It's the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Face of Chicago Business Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lauren Najar. Lauren, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, so you're kind of a, a coach to the coaches, huh? I am, yes. So I know that it wasn't exactly the most, I guess, traditional. No, no, no route is traditional, right? Right. Tell us how you got here, because you're originally from Northwest Indiana, right? Originally from Northwest Indiana. I had a dream of just always living in Chicago. I don't know what it was. I think just growing up 45 minutes away from Chicago, I just knew... I wanted to have some sort of career in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to live in Chicago. Um, I don't know what it was, but as soon as we finally moved here, I've been in Chicago living downtown now for three years. It, it just fits and it, I feel like home. I've never felt like home before. Really? Mm-hmm. Like even as a little girl? Even as a little girl, even growing up in my childhood home, I, you know, um, I just as soon as we like moved to Chicago, I cannot see myself living anywhere else. Now, it was something that just it was influenced by as a kid where you went to like a museum or something or what was it that, you know, hooked you? I don't know what it was. I think it, you know, of course, like the shiny lights and the skyline and it's so pretty. And I, I, I wanted to have a career in finance actually mm. when um i went i was in high school and then um majored in finance in college and i always had you know as i as i grew older i wanted to have a really you know basically a stressed out financial career mm-hmm. like you know i wanted to make a lot of money and i wanted to uh be in a high stress environment and yeah, you I, wanted to be I, I wanted that because wow. I, I thought that I thought at that time that that equaled a lot of money. Uh, so that okay. that's just kind of the path that I wanted at that time. Was money something that was uh, important growing up, like as a kid? Like was that what where, where that um, come from? Yeah, I think that was more of like I just wanted. I wanted a boat. Like that was one thing. I think it was <laughs> more of like status. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted stuff. Um, I, I just, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I always pictured myself for whatever reason growing up, I wanted to be in a high rise Chicago apartment looking out, you know, at the skyline, drinking a glass of wine, listening to jazz music. <laughs> and my parents were not like that. Nobody yeah. was like that, but that was, that was a vision I had. Were you, were you an only child? No, I, I was the oldest of three. Okay. Of three, yeah. And did your siblings share in that uh, same enthusiasm for big city life? No. No? No. So it really just was you? Just me. Wow. Yes. And so now you're here. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you got started in finance. Yes. How did that uh, come about? You went to, to school for it, I'm assuming. I did. I, I went to um, Purdue Northwest in Northwest oh, nice. Indiana, and I majored in finance, Um you know, I love, I was always, I was always good at math, but I didn't like math. If really? that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. <laughs> I was always in, you know, honors math, you know, growing up in high school. And, you know, I was always in the higher classes. Um, and I finally realized, well, I'm good at this. I should probably pursue a career in this. So while I was in um, college, I, one of my jobs that I got was um, being in banking. So I started out as a teller in banking and that's awesome. Yeah. Me too. You did. I was. I was a banker for a long time. Yeah. Or uh, yeah, a banker, but also a teller. I started off as a teller. Yeah. 
It was yep. in high school. Was the work program? Oh yeah. 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 So I, I was through LaSalle Bank, and then my husband did that too. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> very interesting. Small world. Yeah. Um, okay. So now you get this job. You're a teller. Mm-hmm. And what happens after that? So really, my uh, my job being a teller at the the bank that I worked at was only supposed to be a resume builder. It was one of my last years in college. I think I was a junior or senior in college. And it truly was, hey, you know, after I graduate college, I need to have something other than McDonald's and Office Depot on my resume. <laughs> um, so I, I, I got a job as a teller. Um, but I ended up spending 10 years there. Okay. Um, and, and the reason why that happened is I had a lot of things happen in my early 20s while I was in college and then onward that basically kept me there for a long time okay and, and mm-hmm. we'll get to that in a second mm-hmm. and it's a it's a huge part of your life right yes um now up to that point i know you said you're very different from your family mm-hmm. um how'd your parents feel about that you know i'm assuming they're very supportive from what i've heard yeah so i remember going to school you know to college my first day or i think it might have been um orientation and my parents were you know, taking me and I'm the oldest. So it was very rare that I was ever alone with them my whole life. Mm. My sister is only 14 months younger than me and my brother is four years younger than me. So we're all pretty close in age. And I remember them taking me to college and they're like, wow, you know, I don't think we've been alone with you since the day we brought you home. You know, so they were, they took me around to the campus and showed me around. So they're very, very, um, you know, happy and excited for me. My mom, my whole entire life would tell me how independent I was and mm. kind of always fueled that for me. So I knew I was, but like she always told pride, me, right? right. Yes. Yeah. She knew that I, I just knew what I want always. I, I did things my own way. I, I still hear her voice telling me that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Obviously, um, no longer here. Yes. Uh, physically anyway. Yes very young age you went through that right yes I was uh I was a junior in college so I was it was right after my 21st birthday she passed away wow and then your your father uh not too long after yes my father passed away about a year and a half later so I was it was right after my 23rd birthday wow so you're now kind of head of the family at this point right too yeah kind of yeah Yeah. I I think I was and in I mentioned my sister was, you know, is only 14 months younger than I was. So we both kind of had different responsibilities. Um, I was more of the finance and mm-hmm. money and she kind of made sure we had food and she cooked because I couldn't cook at that time. Really? <laughs> oh, I, I, I love cooking now, which is crazy to say. But back then I'm like, no. I never want to learn that. You just need the numbers on the phone to call people. Uh, yeah, and, and the microwave. And I knew how to use and, and a microwave. microwave. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, I mean, that's so much to go through, mm-hmm. you know. Um, how do you deal with that? I don't, I, I don't, that's a lot to deal with. Yeah, um, you know, I was thankful that, so for the year and a half after my mom passed away, my dad and I grew super close. Mm-hmm. And... Up until that point in my life, he was very um, kind of like the authority figure. Like he wasn't he wasn't scary or anything like we weren't scared of him. But he basically was like, you know, the disciplinarian. We didn't really have long conversations or deep conversations. But my mom was there very hands on with us all everywhere. So my dad, the last year and a half he was with us, um, he 
tried to be that. Mm. And it was, it was amazing to see. And so he just kind of had this total change where he was more, um, open and, you know, I guess kind in a way where he was affectionate, maybe affectionate. Yeah. And more motherly, he tried to cook (laughs) dinner, you know, and, and he never really did that before. And so we would have a lot of, um, really great conversations. And it was really important to me at that point just to spend a lot of time with him. I remember watching Sunday night football with him every Sunday. didn't matter who was playing, but we just, I just made an effort if I was doing homework or, Anything, I, I wouldn't be in my room. I wouldn't stay in my bedroom. I would, I would hang out with him. That's amazing. It's it was such a great way to remember him too. Mm-hmm. You know, from a totally different perspective than than you did know him. Yeah. So this journey that you were on and <laughs> and, and and have been on, right? Right, right, right. But how how did that uh, play a role in in your career and everything you've done and and just you know even maybe staying longer than you should have or you know what happened during that time that that impacted you the most? Yeah, I think I. You know, it's hard because at that time I I was just kind of going through it, right? I I didn't think that I had enough time to even grieve my mother's death or, um, you know, that I was dealing with my dad not being here anymore. And we then we had to learn to pay for a mortgage and, and take on a bunch of bills, something that we never had to do before either. And I just had to grow up really fast. Yeah. And, you know, looking back on that now, I think that that of course it made me stronger, you know, that's easy to say, but I think I knew, um, truly life is too short and I, it, it gets proven to me time and time again that we cannot wait for a sign or something to do whatever we want to do in life. And, um, it, for me, it's just, you, if you want to take action, just do it. And, if that wasn't proven then, like when my mom passed away, it definitely was proven when my dad passed away. Was it unexpected then? Both, both? of them were. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's hard. Yeah. Well, look, you're here. You seem yeah. like such a strong person. Yeah, oh, thank you. And and so, how does that play a role in and then in your in the coaching, you know, aspect mm-hmm. of what you do? You know, was it something that's very transparent? You know, this journey that you were on that um, becomes maybe part of a curriculum, or is it just something that influences you as a, as a person and how you coach? Yeah, I think. When I, so when I coach people, I don't, I guess for me, I don't like working with people who have excuses or Mm -hmm. have the victim mentality. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot of, um, that's what keeps us in paralysis a lot if we want to start our business or if we want to do something that is non-traditional. And I think that for me, I'm the person that's like, okay, just get it done. Okay, let's, let's let's start your business. Let's go and do this. Let's, you and know, when you say start your business, you, you actually mean start a coaching business, correct? Start, start a coaching business. Um, I also coach like virtual assistants and social media managers, anyone that's service based. Gotcha. So, um, anything, if you want to start your own business or if you want to do something that's non-traditional, even, even in my like personal life with my friends, I'm kind of the motivator and I'm just like, let's do this. Yeah. You can do it. And, and having that financial background, how did that, what was that transition? Like what made you make the switch to even want to become this coach? Sounds so, I don't want to say far from what you were mm-hmm. doing, but it does seem like, you know, like a, almost like a different path, right? Someone who wanted to start a coaching business and did, and now has that experience. Are you looking for people who maybe have a similar background or is it really anyone? So I do. I know it's a lot of questions. So yeah. Sorry, yeah. So what made me make the switch is I was coming out of, you know, my parents passing away and I, you know, I was just getting this feeling that there was more to life. Um, and 
for me, I was so unfulfilled with my career. Mm. And I think it might have been the place I was at. It might have been where my career was headed. I didn't want to um, keep moving up the ranks of, you know, just being in banking. Um, and at that time, I was, I was, you know, no longer a teller. I was moving up, you know, getting promoted. Um, shortly after, though, what made me truly just be hit in the face of this is going to be like you need to take action and um, live life. You only have one life is I was diagnosed with cancer about 11 months after my dad passed away. Oh, my away. God. That's right. Right. Yeah, like, like, yeah just think, thinking about your parents and this whole other aspect to, to your journey. Right. So with me being in you know, a corporate setting and being already unhappy before my cancer journey that I was on also, um, I just felt that I can't waste my life being unfulfilled in anything that I do, in any relationship that I have, in any career that I want to pursue. Um, I just, you can't waste your life being unhappy. And that was kind of what I was, where I was coming from. And that's why I, I started just trying to find something and was on this never ending journey of trying to find my career, my career path. Absolutely. Now, you know, and I want to be cautious too, as how mm -hmm. I approach this, because it seems like so much. And I, you know, I haven't dealt with either of those things, right. Of losing your parents or, or having to deal with some an illness like that. But, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that I've been looking at into my own life is, how you attract who you are mm -hmm. right in terms of circumstances relationships and so like you said a victim mentality is going to draw circumstances that mm -hmm. you know verify that or validate that mm -hmm. um so do you think that a lot of the way that maybe you felt about life at that time drew illness to you that you seem like to manifest if you will i so i've heard of that and i i've thought about that before yeah. and you know, I had a lot of anger. Yeah. Um, I've had, I had a lot of anger just because of, I don't know why this, you know, all of this was happening to me. And, um, you know, it's, it's crazy to think about it's, you know, I, ha I think about it all of the time because I had a cancer where there isn't a direct cause. I had mm. Hodgkin's disease and there still isn't, <laughs> you know, it's not like, Oh, I, I had lung cancer cause I was smoking. It, sure. it wasn't, wasn't it's anything. like where did it come from? Exactly. And so that was very frustrating to me as well. That there, And for me, being a very analytical mind and being very finance and money oriented and, and knowing how equations work, this didn't add up yeah. to me. And so that was also very frustrating. Well, you just have such a common piece about you now that mm -hmm. when someone could meet you, it could be easily misconstrued as this person has had it easy. You know, yes. And we often do. Mm -hmm. right? We meet someone and we think... What do you know? Yes. Right. You're like, <laughs> you probably know more <laughs> yes. than you think. You know? Yes. So, so was there some sort of switch where you had to make a choice? Like I'm going to be healthy now. And, um, you know, this, this just, I have to make changes. What did that look like for you? So I, I was diagnosed, um, with cancer in 2011 and then a second time in 2012. So I, I relapsed after that. So when I came, when I finally was done with treatments, it was about 2014. And that was the year I truly started being just treating myself better, mm -hmm. more so like health wise and body wise. Um, but it wasn't until that I had, um, I, I developed really close relationships with two of my best friends now. And, um, and then I met my husband and I saw that they just loved what they did, what they did. And, and a lot of times us four would hang out and we'd have conversations and they would, 
I just didn't feel like I had anything to attribute to the conversation because those three would talk about their jobs mm. and how much they loved them mm. and how they travel. Like my husband travels for work and, and they were, they just talked about their careers all of the time. And I felt like I didn't have anything to add to the conversation. And I constantly was jealous of, I'm like, why can't I find that? When of am their I going to find that? Right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And their fulfillment, yeah. truly their fulfillment. And so you decided coaching was for you. Yes. How'd that start? I mean, I know it's never easy to start your own business. Right, right. So I, um, I actually started a blog. I wanted, I've always wanted to work for myself. I've started so many businesses on the side since college. And I started um, a blog where I wanted to motivate, inspire people. And I was sharing my story. I was sharing other people's stories on my blog as well. And I realized that this wasn't really a career path, that this was more of a hobby. And as I was making connections online, I came across some coaches, some online business coaches, online mindset coaches, and I didn't know it was a thing. (laughs) I've never heard of it before in my life. I'm sure I've heard of life coaches, but I thought that was different. And I met some, I met a, a girl who, was building her coaching business and also worked for LinkedIn at the time Mm -hmm. and saw that she could do it and balance both. And I could build my coaching business while I worked my day job as well. Now, do you feel like you found that passion and purpose? And now it's no longer, you're the oddball out. Yes. Yes. I'm, (laughs) I, it, it took me a while to admit that this was going to be my career path. And again, aside from my best friends and maybe my sister, my, my husband, no one understands what, what I did at that time. Mm. So while I, I mean, I, I talk a lot about it now and I post a lot about it now, but it's a lot more year, common now, but it was not but as from, much. At right. Point. Yeah. But I think what was important is I, I didn't need outside validation. Mm. I, I was fine with what I did and yeah. I kept going. And that to me meant that I finally found what made me happy. And where do you see yourself going from here? What's uh, what's next on Lauren's radar? So uh, what I would love to do is have meetups in person and do speeches in person. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the people that I love, I look up to, um, she does uh, like weekend um, expos and she basically gives speeches and, and motivates women and that's kind of like my big gold dream is yeah. just to have you know meetups and community and connecting women who all want to start their business or are all thriving on business and that's so important to me is just having people uplift and motivate each other and why is that so important like where does that where does that come from so that comes from everything that i've been through i I think it's always been something that I've always done my whole life yeah. um, where I've motivated people to do 5Ks with me or con- you know, convince them to do some crazy things. Because you also ran a marathon too, I right? did run a, the mm-hmm. Chicago Marathon last fall, yes. It's like you, you do put yourself through stuff too. You, know? you go <laughs> right. through it, but you also, you know, you put your, I, can't, I haven't done a marathon. It just seems like that's the tough thing to do. Yeah, yeah. So I, I motivate, well, it's more of like I convince people to do them with me. But I mean, it's, it's just, I feel Is that. It, does it border on threatening? Yes, it a does. <laughs> it does a little bit. Yeah. I I feel that I I just I absolutely, you know, want people to live their best life and um just truly be happy. There's so 
you're in control of your own actions and some people don't realize that because yeah. they do somewhat have a victim mentality and i think that i want to be that person that's the motivator i'm like you can do this just just take the leap you can do this and what when you say that i mean i know mm-hmm. it sounds like take the leap but you know in those moments when i think you more than probably most people can relate to um, adversity and you know mm-hmm. overcoming emotions i think more than anything else right it's, mm-hmm. it's just pulling yourself out of that what what would you tell people or what do you tell people uh, especially the ones that are listening or watching that mm-hmm. you know maybe going through something similar and 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 to say just get out of that or or do seems impossible right i think you know for me i had to realize that i can only control me and what i and especially going through treatments right i mean i i can't control cancer coming right but i can control how I treat myself through treatments or my mindset or how I respond to things. And that's kind of how I do everything in life now where, you know, if there's a relationship that doesn't seem, you know, great anymore or maybe a path that, you know, either my career, for instance, like in the banking world, it wasn't for me anymore. And I had to, you know, I'm in control of my happiness, right? You know, if I'm stuck at this job and I'm not happy, what can I do about it? Rather than going every day and complaining that, you know, oh, I have to go to work again. I have to do this. I don't want to do this. And, but, but you're still stuck in there. You have control. Mm -hmm. You have the control of making yourself happier, either if that is your mindset, if that is, changing jobs you control your happiness your destiny i love that and it's true you know mm-hmm. and, and for you when you decide you know that control um you mentioned being angry for example mm-hmm. was it just i'm tired of being angry because you'd gone through stuff that as a consequence of being angry or did you just how did you get to that point where you wanted happiness over that i think it was almost like it was manifesting physically like we talked mm. about where i didn't feel good physically meaning that i felt you can sometimes you know you can feel stress and anger and I just I physically don't like that feeling um and I remember going to one of my treatments and I'm just like you know like I can be really sad and I can be really depressed and I can just kind of you know be poor me going through these treatments but I truly can just be hey you know what I'm gonna beat this and just kind of turn on that like you know, badass like <laughs> <laughs> mentality. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I guess for me, like I, I feel like I, I, I know when something doesn't feel right and meaning like I'm stressed or it doesn't feel like easy. Um, I know when I'm feeling like this isn't going to be good for me. And it, again, it takes on like a physical, thing in my body where either it's the pit of your stomach or you feel really stressed. I, I want to avoid things like that. So for me, I want to feel good. I always want to feel good. So I kind of avoid certain things. No, absolutely. And I, and I, you know, went through something similar where I think you can hold on to that resentment and anger Mm -hmm. and realize that, you know, you want these things over here Mm -hmm. and in order to get them, you got to let go of, you know, these, these negative emotions, right? Mm -hmm. So you've mentioned mindset on on several occasions throughout this, you Mm -hmm. know, is, is, is your coaching, I guess, methodology more set towards mindset or is it more on the business of coaching, if you will? So less on 
mindset and more mm-hmm. on business? So I think uh, for me, when I started out, it was all strategy. It was all strategy. Um, but from like, like this is what you had to do to get up and running and get clients, get build a presence on social media. This is how you start your email list Like by the numbers, right? Literally. Yeah. And what I've realized and just, you know, becoming a better coach is it's a mixture of both. You definitely need a mixture of both. So I do, um, mindset coaching as part of my business coaching because it is one thing where I can give you a list of things to do. And you're going to just take the list and do it. It's just a bunch of tasks. You can go ahead and do it. But there's another thing that keeps you from having the success, and that is being in your own way. And that's actually something that I've learned in my own coaching journey and my business journey is, again, I'm very go-getter. I'm very type A. (laughs) I know how to do things. I, I can implement anything that someone tells me to do. But I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to those things. And I think that happens a lot of that happens a lot with people who are entrepreneurs, I think, Mm -hmm. as well. Like, yeah, we're go getters. We can do these things. But when it comes to you want this next level of success, you have to get out of your own way. And there's a lot of work to do. And with that being involved. Oh, absolutely. And we're not meant to do things on our own. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what community is for. Right. So and, and on that note, who watching or listening should uh should reach out to you either professionally or even personally so if you are a woman service-based entrepreneur so coach consultants uh web designer um, anything that's service-based online i i will help you build your business that's mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. well you heard her uh if that fits please contact uh, her directly or you know on the link below but lauren i can't thank you enough for coming in and sharing your story I have much to learn from you (laughs) (laughs) and so much uh, of what you've been through. I think is just an inspiration to us all. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Tony. Thank you.